0: I'll always be sick, I'll always be alone, I'll always, this what's happening in me saying, yeah, it's turning you, and turning you, and turning you, and you are bringing things into your own life by your own confession. And we are back. Hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio Today, we're continuing in the series entitled Watch Your Mouth, and today, this is part number three of that series, OMG. We had a great time today, and I cannot wait for you to hear today's message. Ooh, it feels like Christmas. Now don't forget, if you haven't heard the entire series, just go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org or subscribe to the podcast, and if you have a Roku device, you can watch it right there on your television. It's awesome, so check it out today. Alright, without any further ado, here comes part number three of the series entitled Watch Your Mouth, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, entitled Watch Your Mouth. This is part number three of that series. So if you have not heard parts one, two, yeah, one or two, (laughs) you can go to the website and uh, those will become available. Uh, weekly and so you can get that and really just catch up. CDs will be available sometime this week or next week as we continue in the series. I wanna welcome our online community. Online community, welcome in the name of the Lord. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Welcome online community. Wherever you are all around this world, we wanna just say thank you and we celebrate you and we want you to know that you are a part of this service. Today, we know that the Lord has a miracle in store for you. So I'm glad that you're watching and I'm glad that you're listening now. Wherever you are all around the world, you are part of this service. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's go in our Bibles to the book of James, James the third chapter, verses one through 12. We're gonna start there and we're gonna read this scripture as we have um, throughout throughout the entire series. We're gonna do the same thing today, just to make sure we catch everybody up and then we're gonna go on and go further. So this may be your first time. If this is your first time with us in the series, then of course, please hear this. James three, verses one through 12. This is our root scripture as we um, deal with the subject, watch your mouth. So here we go. Uh, verse number one says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we will receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. We're going to be talking about that today. Uh, I pray we're able to get to that. Verse 4 says, uh, Behold also the ships, uh, which though they be so great and be rather, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, or there, the ships are turned wherever the captain or the pilot steers the boat. Verse five, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of life, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of bird, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Wherewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing, rather blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doeth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. All right, so we're gonna get really all into that. Now let's go back up to verse number one. We're gonna read that again out of the NIV, and it says this, not many of you should, be, should become teachers, my fellow brethren, or rather my fellow um, believers, Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, what he's cautioning people, there are a lot of people, especially at that time and this now, some people just want to stand up before a congregation of people and just want to expound. Some people want to do it just to be seen, just for what they think is for the clout or for all this other stuff. And let me tell you now, if God has not called you to it, run from it. It's hot up here. Are you hearing me? But there are some that want to really just be seen and he tells them, hey, uh, don't call yourselves, in some of the words, don't call yourselves to do this. God didn't call you, don't do it. There are some that just want it to be, but he said, now I'm gonna give you this word of caution that those who uh, will be teachers will be judged more strictly than everyone else. Now, it says more strictly, which means that we will all be judged now the teacher, of course, is judged by what he teaches or what she teaches by the word. So we're judged by the words that we say. The teacher judged more strictly because, teacher, you ought to know better, you're teaching. Are you hearing? And there's a special anointing and grace given to the teacher also to proclaim the word. And, and of course, whom much is given, much is required. But the thing that we wanna see here, the teacher, yes, The pastor, yes, the evangelist, prophet, the apostle or the Sunday school teacher, whoever is standing before the people of God, telling them about God, teaching them about God and about how men ought to live, how people ought to live. Teacher, are you hearing me? Understand that your words would be judged more strictly than anyone else, but all of our words will be judged. To that end, we went over to uh, the book of Uh, Matthew, Matthew 12, Matthew 12, verses 36 through 37. And we talked about this. And it says, but I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof, when? In the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now I want you to notice this. Notice how it says that uh, there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day, day of judgment. And on that day of judgment, uh, everyone's words will be examined, all right? It says, It says uh, every idle word, now we know that idle words, we said this before, but every idle word are words simply that are not glorifying to God and that are not edifying to mankind. Not glorifying to God and not edifying to mankind. So if you would say, if you're calling people out of their names and you're you're cursing them and all this sort of stuff, these are words that are not glorifying to God and they're not edifying to man. Now these are not just words spoken every once in a while, but these are words that are constantly coming out of your mouth. your daily conversation, are you hearing? All right, these can be idle words, words that are not glorifying to God and not edifying to man. And the Lord said, on the day of judgment, you will be held accountable for every idle word that you have spoken. Now, the day of judgment, the, the day of judgment is simply this. It is a day when, uh, we, when we will either be justified or the day w- that we will uh, be condemned. Justified by the words that we have spoken now in time or the, by our words will be condemned by the words that we've spoken now in time. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Amen. It's what you're saying now. Yes. Not what you're gonna say then, it's what you're saying now. Yes. This is why we say watch your mouth because on that day, on that day, you will either receive yes, praise, or no, go somewhere else. On that day, are you hearing me? Now let me show you this in scripture because understand something, Uh, there will be a time, and the Bible talks about uh, a time when the world is judged and we're gonna talk about that. And there's a time also when the Christian, when the saint is judged. We will all have a sense of judgment and that judgment will be a part of what you have said throughout the course of your life the things that constantly come forth, not every once in a while, but the things that come forth, the things that flow forth out of you. Are you hearing? So let's, let's talk first of all about uh, the judgment for the world. I wanna make this very clear. Now again, the judgment day is simply this. It is a period of time uh, when we, a period of time after we have been tested or tried, after actions have been uh, done. It's when the final word has been spoken. The final, here's the final decision on you. Final decision, are you hearing? Now let's talk about the uh, judgment for the unbeliever. In uh, Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, this is how it looks. And it said, uh, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it. Uh, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books, S, and the books were open, and another book was opened. Books, S, and another book, singular, was opened. Which is the book of life? The singular book, that single book is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Yes. In the books. Which means every action that you've taken, every work that you've taken has been written down. Every work that you've done has been written down. There's, there are books, volumes about every action that we take. And it says here, Uh, It says, uh, and the dead were judged out of of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead uh, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged uh, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I want you to take note of this. We were just talking about words, right? But this talks about a judgment of works. Words and works. Now understand something, your works equals to your words and your words will equal to your works. Let me say it this way to you. You may not always do everything that you say, but you will always say what you have done. Your words will always precede what you do. Before you do something, you'll always say it. I'm gonna get something to eat. You keep fooling with me, I'm gonna cut you. We're gonna build a church, Amen. Amen. Yes. are you hearing me? Yes. Your words will always go before your actions. Now again, you may not always do what you say, but what you do will always be preceded by saying something. You're gonna always say it and then do it. Does that make sense to you? So when he talks about us being judged or the world, the unbelievers, because this is a judgment for unbelievers, those who have not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you now that if you are saved, if you are born of God, your name can be found in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name is on the roll, hallelujah. Your name is on the roll. No born-again believer should ever have a worry about going to hell. That's off the table. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for you with his blood. You shouldn't have to worry about that. You, there should be no worry. No, I mean, no, none of that, it should be in your vocabulary. I know I'm not going to hell, hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God, because of what Jesus Christ has done for me with his blood. You should know that, glory to God. If you don't know that, I say you need to, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. Yes. And learn to have faith in the finished work of Jesus. So this again is the judgment for the ungodly, the, those who have not been saved. Now let's look at the judgment for the believer because Jesus said that everyone saved or not saved will be judged by what they have said, by every idle word spoken. All right, there will be something that we are judged by. Let's see what it is. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.10, 2 Corinthians 5.10. Let's read that, then we're gonna look at 1 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 15. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 10. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now he's speaking to believers. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that, Uh, According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So you, born again believer, will still be held accountable to Christ. I am held accountable to Jesus Christ. You are held accountable to Jesus Christ. Even though you are blood washed, even though you are saved, we we will still give an account unto the Lord about the things that we've done. But hell is off the table. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't worry about going to hell. But let's see what this is all about. And so let's look at now 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians the 3rd chapter, verses 12 through 15. Let's see what all this is about because it brings it out nice and clear here. And it says verse number 12, again 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12 through 15. This is out of the New Living Translation. And it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the day, rather, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. This is how you have built your life. How have you built your life up to this point, whether you're seven or 70? What have you been building uh, your life with? If you have been building your life for Christ, uh, that is, you've done this work for him, whether we're working in the food bank or, or whether we're working on the camera stand or, or whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a fry cook, wherever you, whether you're a senator or a president, whatever you have done in your life, whatever you have built You say, for the Lord. If you have built it for him, you say, I've done this for Jesus. I built this for him. I built this for the kingdom of God. Well, if that is true uh, to the to the proportion that that is true, then you would have been building your life with gold or precious uh, precious stones or, you know, something very valuable. But if it was really all about you and the things that you could do, if it was all to build yourself up, to make yourself a name, a reputation, all of that, well, the day of fire is gonna show that because there's some kind of way, I'm not sure how it will be. I kind of see it like on a conveyor belt. All of our works there. And then there's a big wall of fire. And as it, as our works, the things that we have done, what we have said, remember, we say first and then we do. What we have spoken and it has come to pass. I will do this for the Lord. I will do that. I will do this. I'll build a homeless shelter. I'll do this. I'll do that. Whatever you have spoken and it has come to pass, all of that on that conveyor belt. And there's this big wall of fire here. And as it goes through, if it comes out on the other side, it was truly for the Lord. But if it burns up, then it was for you. Then you built your life, your ministry on with wood or straw. And you won't receive an uh, an eternal reward for that. The judgment seat of Christ for us, uh, the the judgment seat of Christ for us is not whether we will be get into heaven or not, that's already established, already done, it's fixed. You are sure for heaven if you were, as if you were already there, if you're born again. Yes. But the judgment seat of Christ for the believer uh, is about your works. What rewards will you receive from here on and throughout eternity? Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. So let's look again. He said, the fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the works survive, if, the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of fire. Are you hearing? So what are you building for Jesus in your ministry? Let me say that again. What are you building for Jesus in your ministry? Because all of you have ministries. If you are born of God, if you are born again, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, if the Holy Spirit of God is on the inside of you, you have a ministry. Now, you may not get a business card or put a sign up on the wall or anything like that, but you have a ministry. The way you minister to people, the way you talk to them, the way you pray for them, the way you do your job, that's your ministry. That's your service. The word ministry means service. This is your service to God and service to humanity. We all have a ministry. All have a ministry. Now, whether you will minister to God and to others in excellence or whether you're whether a you minister to God and others um, in just flippantly, I'll just throw something together. That's your ministry. Whether you're working in an office or digging ditches, that's your ministry. Whether you're riding on a forklift or, or, or unloading trucks, that's your ministry. That's your service to God and that's your service to your fellow man. Are you hearing me? So how is your ministry being built? if it's being built because of Jesus. Yes. God help me. If I'm doing this for him, the works will survive the fire. Yes. But if, it, if it's about you, and if you're using poor materials, you're not really putting your heart in it, not really giving it, not really serving as unto the Lord. Building with very poor materials, yeah, you did build, but you built with straw. Mm-hmm. You built with wood and it's not gonna survive the flames. People may say, oh, you're doing such a great job, but will it survive the flames? Are you hearing me? So, there will be a day of judgment one day and all this stuff, hallelujah, but understand uh, the day of judgment, a day of judgment also talks about not only just a 24 hour period, but a, a time when decisions are made Even right now, right here as we're here today, there will be a time uh, when you are evaluated by the King of Glory, by Jesus Christ, whether or not you will receive promotion to the next level of your life. He said, if you be faithful over a little bit, I'll make you rule over much. Judgment Day always comes after a time of testing and trial. Always after a time of testing and trial. Are you hearing me? So there's a day of judgment. You said, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. And yes, I'm sure you've been through a lot. And I pray that as you were going through a lot, you went through well. Because after that period of time, uh, after that period of uh, testing and trial, there's always promotion or there's failure. Are you hearing? So what's coming out of you? What's coming out of you? What's coming out of you? All of us are gonna go through stuff. All of us gonna go through stuff. Doesn't matter what kind of title you have, how much money you have, or what size house you live in. Or it Doesn't matter, none of that matters. We'll all go through trials in life. We will all, the Lord is faithful to, to make sure that everybody gets the test. Everybody gets the test so that you can be assured of whether you will go to the next level and be promoted. How you handle yours is gonna determine whether you are promoted or you stay right where you are. If I go into a restaurant and I see a chair there, I see a chair, and if I'm not sure about it, before I sit myself down in it, before I put my whatever weight number, I'm not gonna tell you, (laughs) before I put those whatever pounds in that chair, I'm gonna test that chair. I'm gonna put some weight on it, right? Before I go sit myself down into it, and I'm telling you, before God will give you another weight of glory, another weight of authority, another promotion, you will be tested. And a lot of that testing, really, that evaluation period has to do with what comes out of your mouth. Yes. When you are squeezed, what comes out of you? Does cursing come out? Uh, arguments come out. What comes out of you when you are squeezed? Does Christ come out? Will Christ be glorified? Will Christ be magnified? What comes out of you when you are squeezed? If you don't like what keeps coming out of you, then you've got to watch Uh, what you put into you. If you keep putting garbage in, garbage is gonna continue to come out. Tell your neighbor, we got to watch our mouths. Are you hearing everybody? You have a ministry. You have a ministry. To this, this is why the Lord gave us this simple word here in uh, Psalm 141 verse three. Psalm 41 verse 3 says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Are you hearing me? Keep the door of my lips. You can get yourself in a lot of trouble by what you say. You know, you can say the right word at the wrong time and mess yourself up. And you can also say the right word, here again, the right word at the wrong time, you can uh, just throw it all out, sometimes it's just too late. You should have said that earlier, it's just too late now. Yep. Or maybe you say some things that are right but it's premature, it's not the right time. And you could mess some things up too. I told you one of my wife and I were dating, there was a time to say I love you, but when it's in the heart, it just keeps bubbling out. You can't help but say it. I could hold it back a little while. I told her, I care about you. It was gonna come out, Miss Nelson. It was gonna come out. It, it, it was in the heart and it was gonna have to come out. Are you hearing me? Let's go a little bit further today. Let's look now at uh, James 3, third chapter, verse number two out of the Amplified Bible. This is what it says. It says, for we all stumble and sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says or what she says, never saying a wrong, never saying the wrong thing, he or she is a perfect man or woman, fully developed in character, without serious flaws, able to bridle, say bridle, Bridal. say bridle. Bridal say bridle, able to bridle the whole body and reign in his or her uh, entire nature, taming his or her human faults and weaknesses. Now, for future reference, when it says him, it's talking about human mankind, okay? All right, thank you very much. All right, so we said, again, that even though this person is perfect, even though this person who does not sin in what they say is mature, perfect meaning mature, without, uh, without flaw, there's still an opportunity to say something wrong. The, wor- the wrong words may come up, but they don't come out. Are you hearing me? This person's more mature. You've been in times when you know, boy, I could say something to you that'll mess you up. I could mmm mm. You could taste the words in your mouth. Mmm. I could really just, I got some compound curse words I can show you. I can say to you compound curse words. Blip, 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 blip. I could say something to you that'll mess you up and your heart is filled with rage, your heart is filled with anger, and you know if you open it right now, if you say it right now, you know these are things that you cannot take back. So you hold your tongue. You bite your tongue. Mm. 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 You swallow it down. Mm. Whew, that was nasty. They came up, but they didn't come out. Are you hearing me? What we're gonna discover in this series as well is how to make that not come up in the first place. But even this person that is fully mature, let's talking about in verse number two, that is mature, even though they mature, the things, the thoughts may still occur. They may come up, but they don't come out. And really when that happens, that demonstrates strength. Yes. That demonstrates strength of character. When you could say something, but you don't, that demonstrates strength of character. Let me show you one excellent example here in Matthew, the 26th chapter, Matthew 26, verses uh, 52 through 54. Y'all getting anything out of this today? Yes. Strength yes. of character. Say it with me strength of character. Yes. All right, so this is when the Lord Jesus Christ was about to be. Uh, go through the crucifixion process, and the soldiers had come, you know, Judas had come and and given him him the the kiss of betrayal, and, um, you know, Peter whips out his sword and and cuts off the high priest's ear, and listen to what Jesus says here, he tells tells Peter, put away your sword, Jesus told him, those who use a sword will die by the sword. Now listen, don't you realize that I could ask? I could ask my Father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? He said, I could say it, I could say it call down 12 legions of angels, call down thousands of angels to protect us and wipe this whole thing, I mean, he could just do it. But strength of character, but I'm not gonna say that. You understanding? He understands the words that are powerful, he understands his powerful word, and this is what you must understand also in this series, you must understand how powerful your words are. You will speak things into existence, things that do not exist, you will speak them into existence. Remember, your words come first before your actions. There are homeless shelters that do not exist. There are boys' homes and girls' homes that do not exist like what you have in your heart. And you will begin to speak it, you will begin to confess it, and things will begin to line up, and then after a while you'll say, wow, this is it. This is it, this is my homeless shelter now. This is my boys club now. This is my girls club now. This is my business now. This is the place now. What, what was invisible has become visible because you first began to declare it. You began to speak it. You declared a thing and it became established. You understand? Yeah, so we're gonna get to all that. I, re- I really pray that you're, you're with, us, with, with, with us through the entire series. All right, now let's look at this. Let's go back to James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter. And um, let me ask you the question, uh, really if we were to subtitle this today, we would ask the question, who's behind your wheel? Who's behind your wheel? Your wheel, like a steering wheel of a car. Who's behind your wheel? Who's steering your life? Let's look at verses three and four, and then we're beginning to close out now. Verse number three says, Behold, we put bits. The word bit there in the Greek is bridle. Remember we said the word a moment ago, bridle, right? Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet, are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, whether soever uh, the governor listeth or, listeth, or wherever the captain turns the ship. Now let me, tell you, let me show you something. There's a principle here. There's a principle here of pain, pressure, And release. Now, he's talking here about the size, because okay, he goes on down, and talks about the size of the tongue. Even though the, the tongue is a small size, it can do a lot of things. We'll talk about that in a moment. But he talks about uh, the horse, a bit in the horse mouth, and uh, the rudder of a ship. This tells you how the mouth or how the tongue activates, how it maneuvers and, uh, and how it works. I want you to really hear this. Because it moves by the principle of pain, say pain, pain. pressure, pressure. And, release. and release. The bit in the horse' mouth, what happens? Uh, well, in the horse's mouth, they will put a, a metal device in that when, they, when the rider pulls on the reins, the little ropes on the side of the horse's mouth, uh, the bit will, most times will clamp down on the horse's tongue, causing the horse pain on that side of his mouth or there are other type of bits that will um, strike the roof of the horse's mouth, causing him pain still on that side of his mouth. So when the rider pulls on the rein, the horse experiences pain on that side of his mouth. And so in an effort to move away from the pain, he knows if he moves to the right, if the rider is pulling to the right, the horse will move to the right to escape the pain. Because if the, if the rider pulls the reins on the right and the horse moves left, the pain simply increases on the right side of his mouth. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just like if I will pull your ear, Stand here, come here. I pull your ear. You're going to go with direction I'm pulling your ear. What are you doing, you're trying to escape the pain. You're trying to get a release or a relief from the pain. Are you hearing me? So, same thing is for a ship. When a ship is traveling in forward motion, and the captain says, well, I wanna turn to the right. Well, he puts this rudder Uh, This rudder under the water, of course, is in the water, and the rudder extends to the right. Now, I'm moving forward, if the ship is moving forward, that means there's water coming against the ship, right? And as I'm moving forward, I turn the rudder outward, turn the rudder outward, and that water that is hitting the rudder now causes the ship to turn. The pressure, the high pressure, they call it, the high pressure on the rudder causes the whole ship to turn. So, here again, the tongue is working by pain and by pressure. By pain and pressure, a life is turned. By pain and pressure, the horse is turned. Pain and pressure, the ship is turned. By your life, pain and pressure causes you to turn. Are you hearing me? So I ask you the question, who's driving? Who's at the helm? Uh, Who's driving your life And, and who's at the reins? Because if the enemy is driving you with pain and pressure, now listen, he's not more powerful than you. The devil is not more powerful than you as you are in Christ. He has nothing on you. No demon in hell is able to defeat you as long as you are in Christ Jesus. You have more power in your pinky toe than he has in his entire kingdom. On, man. Because greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. Amen. The devil can't stop you. No demon in hell can stop you. I don't care what the scary movies tell you. Amen. Can't stop you. He knows that he has no power over you, so what he does is trying to bring in your life pain and pressure in an effort to turn your life, in other words, an effort to get you to speak words that are against you. He can't bring a curse on you, but he can cause you through pain and through pressure to speak a word of curse of your own life. Of your own life. So, you can either bring judgment or condemnation, or you can bring blessings to your own life because remember what Proverbs said the power and life, life and death are in the tongue, yes. and through pain and through pressure in an immature mouth. Through pain and pressure, the enemy turns you and then you're cursing, I never have anything. I'm never gonna go anywhere. This is never gonna work out for me. I'll never have any money. Uh, this is not, I'll always be sick. I'll always be alone. I'll always, this is what's happening. The saying, yeah, turning you and turning you and turning you and you are bringing things into your own life by your own confession. You are creating things in your own life by your own confession. He says, I don't have the, uh, that old devil says, I don't have the power to stop them. I don't have the power to bring a curse upon them. I don't have the power to do that. But they have the power in their mouth because they were formed in a likeness and image of God and not, their father is a speaking spirit. He speaks and they speak and things begin to happen. Things, things begin to manifest. I need something bad to happen in their lives. Let me send them and an, let me send them pain and pressure and then they'll curse and do their own selves. And then we'll live life, oh, why is all this happening to me? Why is all this bad happening to me? Because understand something, the sum, title, the sum total of your entire existence now come from the words that you have spoken. You have what you say. You have what you say. You say, well, I just won't say anything. Well we gave you that example before as if a man going down the expressway there and uh, he has his foot on the gas and he takes his foot off the gas and says, well I'm just not gonna say anything. Well the car begins to slowly stop. Yes, you're no longer going in the wrong direction but you're not going in the right direction either. Amen. So it's not just saying not saying wrong things but it's also saying right things. Yes. Are you hearing me? What right thing are you saying? What right thing are you saying? Now let me give you one of the most powerful examples, one of the most powerful examples in scripture of someone that really allowed the enemy to work this, this principle of pain and pressure to try to find relief. But understand something, when you allow the enemy to work that in your life, The relief that you feel is only momentary. And it will always be followed by greater pain. Greater pain. Can I show this to you? Let me show you, let's go to the book of uh, Matthew once again. Matthew 26, Matthew 26 verses 69 through 75. Oh we have so much, I have so much to share with you. So much to share with you. So much to share with you. Every week we want to go higher, and higher, and higher, and higher, and higher. Let's take a moment right now and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we confess that we have said wrong things in our lives. We, we confess, Father, that in many ways we have doomed our own selves. We have spoke cursings over our lives, spoke cursings over our family, spoke curses over our jobs, and over our finances. Father, we have cursed, we have uh, said things that were unprofitable, and we ask, Father, or, or rather, we declare, you said in your word, if we would confess our sins before you, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we ask right now that the blood of Jesus, we release the blood of Jesus over every word, over every idle word spoken, spoken, over every condemning word that we have allowed to come out of our mouths, we confess it, Lord, before you, and we release the blood. We release the blood. We release the blood of Jesus to wash away all of those condemning words, wash away all of the cursing words, to wash them all away. We release and declare the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over every word that we've spoken to condemn ourselves, to condemn our relationships, to condemn our our jobs. Lord, over every judgmental, critical word, every word of gossip, every word of slander, we release the blood and we receive forgiveness for saying those idle words. Father, we thank you and we declare that those words are now covered by the blood of Jesus. And Father, even at this moment, we now declare the right words. We now declare that we are prosperous. We now declare that we are wealthy, that we are healthy. Now, Lord, we declare that we are blessed beyond measure. We declare that we are now the righteous of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. We declare it Father. We declare we declare that we are one with you through Christ Jesus our Lord. We declare that our sins have been washed away. We declare that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We declare that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We are the overcomers. We are victorious in Christ Jesus our Lord. We declare the right things O oh God. And we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going to get through this thing through confession. Are you hearing me? I pray you take this thing seriously. 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 This thing seriously. This thing seriously. This thing seriously. Can we go on a little bit further today? Matthew 26, let me show you this example, one of the saddest examples of this pain, pressure, and release of this principle. We see here, after they had taken Jesus, here comes Peter, and uh, he's following Jesus from a distance, at a distance. And let's look and see what happens in this encounter. This is Matthew 26, verses 69 through 75 of New Living Translation, and it says, "Meanwhile." Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out, uh, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said uh, to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore a curse come on me if I'm lying, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. Peter saw what was happening to Jesus. And to escape that pain, he turned. And it may have offered him temporary relief to say I don't know him the first time. I don't know him the second time. Maybe he was able to escape a little bit of that pain. The third time when he said it, the worst pain came because he realized that he had denied the Lord and he wept bitterly. So to escape pain, he moved in a direction he's tried his best to find relief. The tongue of the immature, hear this, the tongue of the immature is selfish. It tries to protect itself. But the tongue of the mature will hold its ground. Hold the ground. I know this pain is hurting. I know this thing is hurting now. But you hold your ground and God will reveal a greater truth, a greater purpose in that. Because after that moment, there's gonna come promotion. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. So again, I want to tell you as we close here, I wanna tell you that the Holy Spirit does not move us through pain and pressure, not like this. The Lord Jesus is a good shepherd yes. and the shepherd does not move the sheep from one pasture to the other by beating them. Amen. He leads the sheep through his spoken word. It is the enemy that will set set you up, try to set you up through pain and pressure to move to steer your life in a direction, to steer your life in an area of cursing that you and you have made for yourself. But that's not gonna be now that you've heard the word of God and now that you're aware of it, I want you to begin to choose life in those moments Choose life in those moments, and stand your ground. Stand your ground. Don't lie, don't give in, don't curse. Stand your ground. Begin to speak life. Begin to speak life. And instead of moving in the wrong direction, your life will begin to move in the right direction. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. And Lord, I thank you for everyone that is listening now and watching now uh, live here in the church area and for those that are watching right now online and those that will be listening later. Father, I pray that they also would be covered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we release the anointing of this congregation and we release the anointing over our online community. Father, we release the anointing of the Holy Spirit for that moment of testing and trial, I thank you Father for the, for the strength of the Holy Spirit to come over us. And I thank you Lord God that before that we will prepare, we'll get the word of God in us. And we'll be praying. And Lord I thank you for restoring us and that we'll see good things happen and better days happen. Because we declare right now, even right now, we declare that better is here and better is coming. We give you praise today Father, so I release the blessing, I release the blessing of the Lord. I release the blessing of the Lord even at this moment. I declare your people blessed. Father, I speak in line with your word and with your will. I declare, I declare the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. I declare the blessing of the Lord upon your people, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare every curse is cast down, and I declare your people free and released. Lord, we declare done even right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise today. With much thanks, we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message.